Kiora Wellington, and welcome to B-Side Stories, the stories of people who make Wellington tick. 7.83 a.m. and 106.1 FM. Welcome, everybody. My name is Benjamin Mumford-Zisk. I'll be one of your hosts. And I'm Perrine. Hi. <laughs> so what have we got for our, for our listeners today, Perrine? Well, we have... Uh, um, we're going back to 2016, I think, to um, talk to Hannah Blumhart and Liam Prince about their zero-waste life, lifestyle, but things have changed a bit since 2016, so we're getting an update on all the exciting things that they're up to, including a big trip coming up. Excellent. So what's it called, guys? Oh, the, kia ora. Welcome. Yeah. Kia ora. Thanks for coming. Welcome to the studio. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. It's always good to be um, at Wellington Access Radio. Uh, so we are going to start from the 1st of July this year, so launching with Plastic Free July, a trip called The Rubbish Trip around New Zealand, talking about how people can reduce their waste in, the, in their own homes. Mm-hmm. And I think um, not just... We, that's kind of our thing that we're offering to people as we travel around but we're really interested in what people are doing in that space in the kind of waste minimization space around the country anyway so so that's going to be part of it is um you know offering our our knowledge and our our experience but learning from other people as well what's already going on yeah and also more broadly what people are doing in the communities so we're going to have a bit of a podcast and along the way i have great faith that we will meet wonderful people (laughs) and um have a little bit of yeah, a podcast of sharing their corridor as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so with each new group that you meet, hopefully strengthening what you know and your Yes, that's right. I mean, we every time we talk with people about these things, we're always learning we're always learning something from people. I mean, everyone has some kind of that they've been passed down knowledge from their parents or their grandparents or something about, you know, being resourceful and minimizing waste so there's always there's always something that we can we can incorporate and learn from what's already being done and also there's just so much hunger out there to learn more about reducing waste so one of the reasons we decided to do this trip is because last year um last july uh when we came onto b-sides we that was when we started doing these presentations public presentations workshops with people about uh, our experience living without a rubbish bin and how you can reduce waste. And mm. we've just been blown away mm. by the level of turnout. Our first event, we barely publicised it at all, and we had about 200 people, no standing room. There were people outside looking through the windows. I was um, there. Yeah. It was packed. Oh, yeah. I slithered in the door a few <laughs> minutes late, and I was just kind of sweating as soon yeah. as I got yeah, there. Yeah. It was a bit full. It was probably too many people, really, but it was, but yeah, that's basically what we found pretty much all along the way. Wherever we go, it, it always blows us away how many people there are. And also afterwards, we have so many people tell us, oh, man, we've been really inspired to reduce our waste. And that mm-hmm. is really heartening. And so that's why we wanted to sort of go beyond Wellington and, yeah. and share it with others. Yeah. Cool. Maybe we should step back for a minute for those who haven't heard you speak before or met you before. Mm-hmm. And um, it would be great to hear a little bit about what the zero lifestyle <laughs> we have no lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Very involved. Yeah, super minimalism. Right. What the zero life zero 
third, third times the charm. Lifestyle <laughs> involves and mm. why you started down this path. Yeah. Yeah, we we had been kind of thinking about issues with waste for a while, you know, before um, before we really got into the zero waste and kind of going the full the full way. Um, and we were talking kind of seriously about it and it was a, sort of the end of 2014 uh, and when we were both in London um, and we just decided we were both coming back to New Zealand we thought let's take it as a fresh start and it's like when we're in this new place and we'll just like set it up as this lifestyle we can just kind of slot into when we get back to New Zealand and actually we started off plastic free I think we must have heard about plastic free July or mm. something um, and that was our that was kind of our entry point mm. was you know no um, disposable plastic you know just eliminating plastic packaging from our lives um, that lasted about two weeks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we realized we had heaps of people saying yeah but don't you know that paper costs more uh, sorry weighs more than plastic so it's got a higher carbon footprint and so does glass and blah 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 and then you know the recycling process for paper is really intensive water mm -hmm. wastage chemicals and we were like oh this is really hypocritical you're right <laughs> so then we're like okay nothing <laughs> so we stopped we don't recycle either or we well we limit our recycling so we have, we're allowed one wheelie bin of paper every sort of one to two years and one sort of those crates of glass a year. Yeah. Um, and that's just literally because it's really hard to not do that. Yeah. But no plastic, no tin, um, yeah, and, and no rubbish bin, so nothing to landfill. But I think, oh, just going back as well, so we started this two and a half years ago and I really can't imagine ever living another way just because it's improved mm. our lives in so many ways. But it's kind of one of those things of once you know, you can't unknow um, mm. the impact of waste. But our, even though before we went zero waste, even though we'd been very, very in interested in trying to reduce our waste, the idea of actually going completely without a rubbish bin never even crossed our minds. Mm. And this is something that we talk about in our presentation quite a lot. The fact that disposability is so thoroughly normalized that it's actually a real break from everyday thinking to actually go from just recycling or maybe taking your keep cup to actually being like, oh, I can live without a rubbish bin. That's totally possible. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and <coughs> Hannah, I think you've mentioned to me in the past um, when you tell people that you live this zero-waste lifestyle, there are a few who are like, oh, that's cool. So what about what does that mean for blah, blah? But often it's just a conversation killer. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we really tell people um, to focus not on the first thing that comes into their mind that would be the most difficult thing to go without, but rather to focus on taking those low-hanging fruits. What's the easiest thing that, you know, what are some easy things that you could easily do without? Like, for example, takeaway coffee cups. I mean, it's a no-brainer, really. You just don't, there's no excuse for them. Mm. Or like takeaway containers, sushi containers, those kind of things. But people tend to, yeah, they go for the most difficult thing they could possibly, you know, like, yeah. what do you do with avocado pips? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that's a, sort of a defense mechanism. You know, mm. people want it mm. to not be possible. Um, yeah, and it, it, it seems to me it often it seems to be these product. It's like a product. What do you do about this product? Whereas I think for us, a lot of it is about attitude. It's like, you know, a lot of people talk about, oh, yeah, I have my reusable bags, but I often forget them and blah, blah, blah. So it really is about changing your perspective, changing your attitude and, and developing different habits 
Um, you know, like it, it is, again, another really low-hanging fruit is just taking your own bags and filling up with your own ingredients into your own bags. So, you know, not even just your own bags to, to minimize plastic bags, um, plastic shopping bags, but even instead of buying rice in a packet, buy it from the bulk bins or something like that, right. you know, and bring your own bag. Um, very, you know, very simple. It really doesn't take much effort to, to change, and you, and you reduce your waste um, quite substantially in, in a lot of areas doing that sort of thing. Yeah, and it seems to involve quite a bit of creativity as well. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think that you both wear beautiful scarves around <laughs> town <laughs> so that at any stage you could find some food and wrap it up and carry it away. <laughs> yeah, it's actually that is one of my favourite things about being zero waste. I think the mantra of convenience and disposability has really made us as a society quite firstly inflexible and also like not so creative sometimes and being forced to find alternatives um, particularly when you're not prepared mm. is quite it's quite a joy so yeah mm. and you often find out find that you're looking back at things that have been like developed over centuries like for example furoshiki which is the japanese art of folding with cloth so that's where the scarves come in and yeah we've learned how to you know like you can make all sorts of things like watermelon bags um, for carrying wait, wait, what's watermelon. a watermelon? <laughs> what's so a specific a watermelon bag? bag? Watermelon <laughs> so this is the yeah. Furoshiki fold for carrying right. a watermelon. So, yeah. you know, you're out and about, you really want that watermelon. You're like, damn, I don't have a bag. <laughs> I can't carry that. That's just impractical and so round. <laughs> but then you pull off your scarf, you do the wrap, and you can have it in a sling. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty great. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there are other, you know, it's not just limited to watermelon bags. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so wine bottles. Wine bottles, two simultaneous things. Books. Books, yes. There's, so there's different folding techniques for, for it's all like sorts origami. of different things. Yeah. yeah, so that's fun. And we've also had a lot of fun just learning how to make, you know, toiletries, cosmetics, but also food. It's been really great to be much more aware about what we're eating. Um, so, for example, because we don't buy packaged foods, we know how to make so many things that we didn't know how to make before. And we also, this is quite incidental, we didn't intend to do this, but we found (laughs) that after about a month, we had to, when we were baking, halve the amount of sugar that we were putting into Mm. recipes, you know, halving the amount of salt, just because from not eating packaged foods, we'd suddenly overnight cut our intake of salts and sugar, because there's so much of that stuff in packaged food. Mm. And we hadn't really thought about that, but that was, you know, our tolerance for sugar and salt dropped. Um, so it's quite, you know, and then you start to realize you're like, wow, there's so much unnecessary stuff that's in so much of this food. Um, and we've really delegated to companies a lot of our knowledge about how to make, you know, how to make bread, how to make dips, how to make, um, I don't know, all kinds of staples that we three years ago had no idea what, how to right. do. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, we really love the lifestyle quite apart from the lack of waste. <laughs> I, I would actually be interested in a brief sort of day in the life. Uh, I, I've run into folks living the zero waste lifestyle in the past, but I've never had the opportunity to sit down and just hear, you know, so I, I wake up and I, I do this. This is how breakfast happens. This is, you know, my commute has this sort of difference. Uh, and I, I know that a lot of folks, I mean, you, you talk about this sort of the flip side of looking for a fall or looking for a flaw and the reason that it won't work would be, you know, just having 
a lack of ability to picture how this would go, mm. and that that would be that would be kind of interesting, I think, to the listeners. Yeah, great. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, kick off, we'll try and uh, try and you get up first, step it so. up piece by piece. Yeah. <laughs> so I do breakfast and right. uh, while Hannah sleeps in. Um, so, um, but I, I'm a big breakfast eater, so I kind of have two breakfasts. And, uh, <laughs> so I, um, you know, I'll usually have something like muesli or porridge in the morning. So we use the oats that we've gotten from bulk bins, like I yeah. mentioned before, take our own, our own bags to get that sort of thing. And some Oh, food. can you tell us your best stores for that in Wellington? Yeah, well, so we, we mostly get our oats from either New World or Pack and Save. Um, and we found that not only they're, they're quite cheap, to buy from the bulk bins there, um, but they're also New Zealand oats, which is cool. So you're buying local, um, which we like to support um, that sort of thing as well. But um, we actually don't shop that much at supermarket yeah, bulk bins. Yeah. We shop much more at Mosham's, which is in Newtown, and another mm-hmm. one up the road called Manga. And we shop a lot at Common Sense Organics. And then occasionally we will go out to Petoni. We don't have a car, so we don't go out very often. Yeah. Um, but at Petoni, they have been in where they have um, a lot of stuff that you can't get uh, in other places, and we'll just do a big shop. Mm-hmm. And that's kind yeah. of part of the day of the life, in a sense, is that you need to know in advance. You right. know, you need to stock up. So, you know, it's not like we go to the supermarket every day. <laughs> we yeah. would, we have our days that we go. So this is, yeah. this is more like a week in the life. Yeah. Of. So, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we so we go once a week or once a fortnight Liam will do most of the bulk bin shopping yeah. and so because we live in Kelburn, um and we bike so it's not super convenient to go to Newtown say you know all the time but I I tutor a, a paper at Massey University so when I'm there you know I'm pretty close to Newtown it's in Mount Cook so I just carry on down to Newtown and I know on those days I'm going to Massey so in the morning I'll just prepare, you know, I'll, take, I'll, I'll get the bags ready and you know, I know exactly what I need. Um, take my backpack if I need extra, you know, if I'm doing a fairly big shop, I'll just take a shoulder bag as well. Um, and I'm sure, you know, we haven't even got around to this, but we could, you know, throw those, um, I don't know what they're called, but like those carry carry things. You had one perine on your on the back oh, of your bike, you know. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm sure that'd Pen-yay. be an easier way, but you know, we're kind of, we're going old fashioned shoulder <laughs> bags. <laughs> Um, um, and then and, yeah. we get veggies from the veg- a veggie co-op, um, and so mm. that drops off on Thursdays, and so on. Th- I get the veggies, and so on Thursdays in my lunch break, I go cycle there, pick up my veggies, put them in the bags, and we have a, um, a deal with the veggie co-op people that we will leave bags there for them to fill up so we don't get plastic bags. Uh, yeah. and, that, and I guess to come back to your day in the life question, you might start to see now that we know when we're going to be in certain places. Right. And when we're in those places, we know to take our bags so that we can get the things then. So we're really into like being efficient and not wasting time and not getting somewhere and being like, oh, damn, I could have gone shopping and now I can't. Mm. Um, so it's quite, the, things like that are quite regimented, I guess. But mm-hmm. you get into the flow of it. And we found mm. that as a result, you spend a lot less time shopping. Uh, a lot less time in supermarkets, wow. <laughs> mm, mm. a lot no impulse buying, but yeah. Mm. So so after breakfast we eat breakfast. Liam also makes bread for yeah. Um, so and again being being a bit prepared with that sort of thing because so we make sourdough um, because we haven't managed to find yeast, um, you know like baker's oh. yeast anywhere, yeah. Um, without packaging, so we so we, we learned one. yeah we learned how to um, grow <laughs> our own sourdough starter, which was. Super easy, just rye flour, 
white flour and water, and you just feed it every day. Yep. Um, so we we do that. I do that um, once a week. You just got to um, be prepared. Like takes in total, it takes about thirty six hours to do. But but of course, you're not actually doing it for the whole <laughs> right. time. It's kind of like you do a little bit for ten minutes, and then you go away for a couple of hours, and you come back, kind of thing. So, um, you know, I, I pick a day when um, I'm at home in the morning, so usually Sunday morning or something like that. So I have to be prepared. Saturday night, I've got to prepare the leaven, which you do in the evening. It kind of it gets going overnight, and then in the morning you do the bulk of it, you know, throw in most of the flour and water and do all the turns and everything. And again, you do turns every half an hour. So you can be doing other things. It's not like your whole morning is gone. It's, you know... You can be doing other things while you're making it. FYI, you can also just go to a baker yes. with a bag <laughs> and word. get bread. So yeah. I think that's one thing we would stress is that every single person has a different life, obviously. Mm. And so every different person would have a zero waste lifestyle that is different. And so while we share with people, we're really sharing with people the fact that it's possible. But mm -hmm. we're not like an A to Z of how to live zero waste unless you want to be facsimiles of us. <laughs> <laughs> so some people won't really value making bread and they'll you can still get it zero waste. Yeah. So like our, like in our presentations, we kind of put down the weddle or challenge that if you want to do this, then it's not for us to, to show you how to do it, but mm. so much as to show you that it's possible, but you have to really um, have that sort of attitude shift and openness to, mm. to learning as you go. Does it help yeah. to be obsessed with food? Um, <laughs> yeah. You're if you, constantly thinking of your next meal and your yeah, next grocery yeah. haul. And yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think I really believe that we don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. I think because it's now just like when I wake up on Thursdays, I know it's veggie day, for example. Like I don't, I don't, I just, I just automatic pilot kind of do it. Mm. Um, mm. So, but we do love food and we do love cooking. So that does help. But mm. I mean, you could go and eat out every night and take your takeaway containers or something if you really hated cooking or... But mm. there are ways. Mm. <laughs> mm. But I think if you were zero waste for a while, you'd probably start to learn to love to cook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, but, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I love making that bread, you know, that's... <laughs> right. And, and, I mean, the reason why I keep talking about it is because it probably is one of the most time-consuming things for us about, or for me, about being zero waste. Um, but it's actually not that time-consuming, you know, and, and for me it's worth doing, you know, and it's, I, I mean, it's just so delicious. Mm. <laughs> and, like, that is a skill that you've or claimed or reclaimed yeah, yeah, as well. absolutely. Yeah, because you don't have to be a zero waste to make bread, right? <laughs> it's, so it's, yeah. But it's something that we wouldn't have learned how to do had we not been zero waste, which is quite yeah. interesting. Yeah. But to go back to your day in the life of, so we haven't even got out of breakfast yet. <laughs> <laughs> then, like, you know, like, we, you know, the shower or whatever. So we have... Um, yeah. We make our own shampoo, which is I use rye flour mixed with water. Again, everybody's hair is different, so that might not work for everyone. Um, but your hair is looking great in here is today. It, is it? Oh, I dry shampooed it today, which is just a sprinkling of corn flour. Um, so probably looks a bit random. Um, <laughs> um, and then we have we use oil cleansing to clean our face, so we top up at Common Sense Organics with sunflower oil because that doesn't block your pores and that cleanses and moisturizes you just rub it in cover your face with a hot flannel uh, so that your pores open and absorb it and then you wash it off that sounds very relaxing as it well it is quite mm, relaxing mm. yeah you yeah. do have to not breathe for 30 seconds while your flannel <laughs> is covering your face but that's okay that's all right um and just as, as an example like we quite before we went zero waste we were buying trilogy face wash which is probably our, our only really major 
bathroom splurge. And that cost $53 and would last maybe four months. This sunflower oil thing costs $2.50, it costs a dollar for 100 mils, and 100 mils would probably last us the same amount of time. So uh, mm. there are some massive money savings to be made yeah. <laughs> with the zero waste lifestyle. Yeah. Um, we have toothbrushes that we get compostable. compostable toothbrushes. So this is another easy change that people who maybe don't want to go completely zero waste but want to reduce their waste. Yeah. It's easy to just buy another brand of toothbrush. Instead of a plastic one, get the bamboo one that you can compost. Yeah, so there's, there's a brand called Go Bamboo. That, um, they have a lot of good products, actually. So the toothbrushes is one of, one of them. But mm-hmm. um, also um, they do clothes pegs and they do cotton buds and all sorts of things, which are usually 100% compostable product. So once you're mm. done with it, you can throw it in your compost bin. Um, and so that's kind of yeah. the bathroom. And then when we leave the house, uh, it tends to not... So we say that, that you do have to remember to take some things with you if you want to be prepared when you're out. Um, so when you leave your house, you usually manage, unless it's a terrible day, to leave with your wallet, your keys and your phone. So we can train our brains to mm-hmm. not walk mm. out the house without certain items. So yeah. Liam and I have added a couple of extra things to that list. <laughs> so we mm. never leave without a keep cup. And that's obviously useful for takeaway coffee, but it's useful for so many more things. Um, and, you know, you can count the number of times maybe that you've been at an event where they're giving out water or wine or hot drinks and they're in polystyrene cups or whatever. If you've got your keep cup, you don't have to turn it down. Um, same with airplanes. Uh, even if you're at a doctor's appointment and you want some water, same mm, deal. Mm. Uh, so always leave with a keep cup and often leave with a container of some sort so that if we do happen to want to get lunch out, and um, that's easy. For example, you mm. can go to a sushi place and fill it up with sushi or, or whatever. Um, and we usually try and take a bag to fill things with. Mm. Um, and then and then we carry on our normal day, much like any yeah, other yeah, human yeah, being. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. Yeah, there is probably not much more to it, really. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like overall this is a lifestyle based on just more forethought than what yes. conventional yeah. culture yeah. allows yeah. for, calls for. Yeah. And it's that shift yeah. from the convenience mindset to the preparedness mindset. Right. And I think when people, people often say to us, gosh, it just sounds so time consuming. And to be honest, it's not time consuming, but it's different. You're comparing yeah. apples with oranges, right. really. Um, so a convenience-based lifestyle will often lead you into more inefficient behaviours, in fact, mm-hmm. because you don't have to be prepared, there's more impulse shopping, mm-hmm. you don't think mm-hmm. ahead, um, and more expensive. And our lifestyle requires you to, yeah. Yeah, be mindful. Yeah. Be, yeah. And, and so, but I think the, the trickiest thing and the most time-consuming thing is really transitioning into that kind of, that frame of mind or that lifestyle. Um, and it did take us a, a while, you know, to... To learn to, to change our habits and to, to get into that sort of being prepared with bags and containers and whatnot when we leave the house. You know, it does take – it takes some time. It might take a couple of months um, if you are really going for it to yeah, to really change that perspective. Um, but once you're in, it's just – yeah, it just becomes second nature, you know. It's just – it's very it's very simple, you know. It's quite our, – our lifestyle is quite structured and, and easy to – everything kind of falls into place. Yeah. Yeah, and so we've talked a bit about the way people react to finding out that, well, not only are you vegan, but you're zero waste vegan. (laughs) Um, Zero life. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, I just wondered, 
do you sometimes feel like you're shutting yourself out of certain circles or um that's a that's a really good question yeah. you've never been asked before do you, I, I have yeah. a response but do you want to do you have a response also um I, I I was actually talking about this with someone recently where I, I actually kind of feel I don't know how you feel Hannah but um something like veganism is actually more difficult in certain situations where you may not have the options you know there may not be vegan options say in like there's some kind of gathering and there's food there or something there's no vegan option or someone offers you something it's it's a more difficult conversation to have than with zero waste um i think people are actually much more open and interested in something like zero waste and 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 more willing to sort of um help you out you know and kind of find a solution you know i don't know what 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 are your thoughts on that hannah um i think yeah, maybe that was a more optimistic angle. <laughs> so now I feel guilty. <laughs> we want to hear it. <laughs> I think that there are so many things in society that are just unquestioned normalisation of disposability. Mm. And so I don't feel like we've necessarily shut ourselves out from things, but we're often de facto shut out of things. Um, not because people intend to do that, but just because it's kind of like so second nature now to do things in a way that produces rubbish. Uh, and so at times, especially like, for example, walking down somewhere like Lambton Quay um, on during business days, it's actually I sometimes, you know, the sheer amount of rubbish you see walking past you, you think about how many people each day get their lunch in a takeaway container, how many coffee cups, and you see it when you're walking down Lambton Key, people walking and they've got stuff in plastic bags and straws and tops of bottles and those juice places. And, and even though you're not supposed to be interacting with anyone anyway, it does feel quite isolating because sometimes you just want to, like, scream. Mm. <laughs> well, like, you know, like you walk past a cafe and there's people sitting at the cafe with takeaway coffee cups. Mm. And, like, Liam and I now sometimes, like, you just, like, fantasize about yeah. going over and being like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but obviously you don't do that because that's not acceptable. Um, and so that's a sort of an isolating thing that happens, but it's not really mm. people shunning us out or anything like that it's just that it's really hard to explain to people why that's isolating because Mm. it's normal yeah and so as well as that kind of isolating element there's also this kind of outreach or maybe even you know sometimes you must feel like you're evangelizing to people totally a little bit yeah (laughs) and that's why though one of the reasons why we started doing these presentations because we mm. after because we started doing them about a year and a half after we'd been living zero waste and we were reaching this point where we actually might explode because we just really wanted to share with people really wanted to make people see like you know we really believe that people wouldn't produce so much waste if it was pointed out to them like how much stuff is unnecessary so we wanted to start talking to people about it partly for our own catharsis but also because we found that the presentations are a much much better context to talk about you know people have come expecting to be talked to about zero waste whereas we Mm. i hardly ever now talk about zero waste you know on the fly with my friends with my family um, with that, because I think those unsolicited unsolicited conversations are not structured, mm. and they they just don't work very well. Yeah. So but, that's one of the reasons that we yeah. But 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 at the same time, um, like it's often happened where there's been like some sort of gathering, some sort of event where food is involved, 
um, and perhaps if we have the chance to sort of be have the foreknowledge that you know there's going to be food there and maybe we could contribute something, we will say you know hey let, let, let's make something zero waste or you know say to the organizer we're going to bring something zero waste and actually in those contexts it's a really interesting space to talk about it you know around food um, and actually you know our presentations are obviously a great place for that for that to happen um, so we um, we usually prepare a bit of food um, to share at the end of our presentations kind of also to, to show people that you can have great food mm. and the zero waste and be vegan you know mm. um, and and it's kind of you know and, and um, it's this just great environment to to talk about um, over food the issues of waste and and yeah, how it's possible to do yeah, that sort of thing. Food is a really interesting thing because food is one of the primary um, ways that people produce waste, but it's also one of the greatest ways to talk about zero mm. waste. Mm. And so it's kind of like taking back food, really. You know, like mm, yeah. people hear these stats about there's 150 million tonnes of plastic in the ocean. Each year we add another 8 million tonnes, uh, which is the equivalent of dumping an entire garbage truck of plastic every minute into the ocean and um 80 percent of what's in the ocean plastic in the ocean comes from land-based sources and the majority of that is associated with food drink and smoking so it's very much related to what we're eating and drinking uh and so yeah i think of it a little bit of taking back food actually mm. on the 19th of may this is that's next friday we are talking on a panel about waste in the food system with mm. um, someone from love food hate waste from the council and ben from the free store uh so if you're interested in knowing more about waste and food specifically you should come to that mm. cool yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. you'll give us a link no <laughs> doubt <laughs> yes, yes a link. Yeah. but yeah it's all very topical yeah, yeah. Mm. um so as well as being zero waste champions <laughs> for want we'll of a better that, word yeah. <laughs> and um fine bread bakers and dip makers and all of that yes. <laughs> scarf turners into bags uh -huh. <laughs> um you guys also play music yes so we thought we could just break up the conversation for a little while and um ask you to play a wee song Sure. Sure. Maybe or, we should give a bit of context. To yes, the song. that would be great. <laughs> um, it's a bit of a strange segue. Um, this piece is so we play in a band called Musica di Cercata, which plays uh, music from southern Italy, which is um, where my my family comes from originally. And this particular song is a pizzica, which you would normally it's norm, pizzicas are associated with um, traditional dance where a woman has been bitten by a spider and she has to dance the venom out of her. Um, so it's in a sort of 6-8 kind of pattern, but this one we've turned into a sort of scar version, so it's yeah. not even in 6-8 anymore, which is quite um, yeah. uh, blasphemous. <laughs> <laughs> um, so also the music is super, super like done by people after work, really cash, kind of amateur. So we're embracing that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's, it's not just a... Um, amateur thing it's like it's actually a part of the spirit of the music that mm. anyone can can kind of jump in and get involved and get singing and you know like I'm going to play guitar I'm not I'm not really a guitarist actually I play drums is my main thing but um, I can fiddle around a little bit so it's it's just a nice way to get into music without having to worry about being the best the world's best guitarist and yeah. singers and all that sort of thing and so, so it's that philosophy again of why can't I yeah. bake bread and play yeah. guitar? Absolutely, <laughs> yes. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, oh, yes, and also I should say that um, southern Italy in Naples, um, there is a massive rubbish problem. So it's always, you know, whenever you start a conversation beneath the surface, there's always some rubbish. Yeah. So you dance the waste problem out instead of the spider. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Here we go.
Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. I think a Neapolitan woman just came in here and threw you out the door for a minute and, <laughs> and took over. I like how you say you don't play the guitar. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just get on the way in that she doesn't sing either. So. <laughs> oh, man, awesome. Have a drink if you need it. Oh, thank you. So we are playing on June the 24th at the Tuatara Third Eye Brewery. Oh, great. And we're, we're only one half of yeah. the band. Yeah. So we have a, um, well, actually, there's four of us and there are about 15 instruments. So um, it's a bit of a pass around, you know, we like to sort of share the instruments around. But we have another person who specializes in um, fiddles, violins and violas, and she plays a bit of mandolin. We all do a bit of singing. Um, and the other guy is um, an excellent saxophonist, but again, plays the bass a little bit on the side. He plays guitar. We all play a bit of percussion and stuff, so... So yeah, great. Yeah. Sounds so like an awesome show. And it's actually, it's going to be our farewell gig. Before so, the rubber strip. Uh, yeah. Yes. Back Which we need again. to get back on yeah. because we need yeah. to talk logistics about that. Oh, yes. Um, I, yeah, we're keen to hear about um, how you're doing it financially. Mm. And um, I know you're doing a bit of fundraising and the... Um, where the extra funds might go to, any groups you're supporting along mm -hmm. the way. Um, and... Are you really planning on surviving for $10 each a day? Yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> Tell us about it. Well, I think that the, to, to begin at the beginning, our bottom line is that we do not want to charge people for these presentations. Uh, it's really important to us that they remain free because we want um, access to be unrestricted and we really don't want it to be thought that zero waste is something that's only the preserve of people that have money because um, that's not our experience, and um, also that would be terrible. <laughs> um, so that's the, the first bottom line. The second bottom line is that we always want to provide Kai at our events for the reasons we stated before. Um, and so, so far we've been sort of funding it ourselves, but um, it's not sustainable if we're going to be doing it full-time um, without jobs. Uh, so, so that is why... Cue the, yeah, so cue the, the crowdfunding um, what? campaign that we have. <laughs> Um, that in. <laughs> yeah, so we uh, we launched a crowdfunding campaign last week, uh, beginning of last week, um, with uh, Give a Little, um, and basically, so we have a uh, we have a four thousand dollar target, and that's our calculated ten dollars each a day for six months. Um, so we need to meet that target to get anything at all. Yes, yeah. However, um, we are hoping that we may be able to exceed that target because that will allow us to travel for longer than six months. Yep. But also, more importantly, um, once we get to the target... Yeah, so we, we anything we um, fund, we, we raise over the $4,000 target, 50% um, of we will be donating to Parakore. Um, Parakore is a organisation... Um, working with Marae all around New Zealand um, to help Marae work towards zero waste. Um, and we we were introduced to Parakore um, towards the end of last year. Uh, we went to a hui ato in, um at Parihaka, actually, which was, I mean, uh, we could do a whole interview on that. It was mm. an amazing experience. But um, 
um, they they organised the whole thing and they brought a whole lot of different speakers and we were we just went to to be a part of it and um, we weren't speaking or anything um, formally. Um, but they're a really, really amazing organization. They're doing they, their philosophy on waste reduction is really amazing, sort of coming from a Maori perspective on the issue of, of waste minimization, um, really gets at the heart of some of these issues in, in ways that um, I suppose a more Western approach doesn't. Like even just the language, like it's really hard sometimes to talk. When you're talking about zero waste beyond just individuals, but actually on a systems level, um, Pākehā or English is not so great at really explaining that. So we have concepts like switching from the linear economy to the circular economy and that kind of stuff. But it doesn't do the why it's important very well, um, whereas you go somewhere like a, um, a parekore hui, and it's just so easy to talk about the whys um, because the concepts are all there. So, like, for example, the huiato that we went to, the theme was whakapapa. And the idea of that is to think about where the things that we throw away come from, like what their history is. So what's their whakapapa? Like, they have come from somewhere. They've come from papatuanuku. They've come from trees, um, that kind of stuff. And then that gets made into something. And then where does it go? And then when it goes back to Papatuanuku and then we'll never break down. You know, those kind of concepts that everything has a history uh, is really important for understanding the systems that are at play mm -hmm. with um, zero waste philosophies. And also the idea of um, if you harm Papatuanuku, um, you're basically harming your ancestors and yourself uh, mm -hmm. is really, really powerful. And so, yeah, we were just blown away by mm. um, Parakura, actually, and the way mm. they, that whole, like, can-do attitude as well that is common with zero-waste mm. groups, this thing mm. of, like, yep, this is important, we're going to do it, and we're going to implement it on marae. And they've got, like, 164 marae signed up already, which is really mm. incredible. So mm. we really, really want to exceed our 4,000 targets. Yeah. That we so we can, can support them. And they're gonna, they've told us that they're going to put that, whatever money we raise um, um, on their behalf, they're going to put towards worm farms and compost for marae. Wonderful. So, yes, worms. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, let's get some links to all this yes. up on um, all the websites and whatever we, yeah. <laughs> all of that. Yeah. But um, sadly, we are kind of out of time for now. Um, it's been I think so we could talk lovely. all yeah. night. <laughs> Thank you for having us. But, um, it was really great. Yeah, we're keen to talk to Go Eco as well, who are pals of yours. So. Yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. That'll be a great combo. <laughs> mm -hmm. Want to steer us in the direction of any of your, your digital things before uh, putting it up on the website, just to make sure yeah. someone who's maybe listening but isn't going to go on the... Yeah. I, I mean, um, our main um, point of contact at the moment is our Facebook page, mm -hmm. which, which is, is The Rubbish Trip. The Rubbish Trip. Sweet. Um, but we are going to be launching a website in the next week. So um, check out our Facebook page, so and when that's ready, we'll, that'll be yeah, up there. Yeah. But in the meantime, you can contact us on the messages on Facebook, because if you're interested in having us come and do a presentation with you before we leave Wellington, or if you know people around the country, we're just going to go where people want us. So cool. just get yeah. in contact. That's That'll be great. Yeah, And, and, and I'll give a little, we'll, we'll, the link for that is on Facebook too. Yeah. Yeah, but you can just search the rubbish trip on that as well. And rubbish is spelled as is, no, no funny yeah. business. No, 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 no funny business. Cool, good. Nice and clear. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much. All right. Thank yeah, you so thanks, much. Thanks, guys. I'm going to play you out.